All right, guys, welcome to Property Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Kaminsky, filling in for Dave Dubow. And if you're curious about how a teacher and a nurse in the Pittsburgh area achieve financial independence through real estate, well, today I've got Tiffany and Steve Tomkowitz on the show, sharing their secrets to success with the Burr strategy. Stay tuned for insights into balancing careers, family, and real estate. Tiffany and Steve, welcome to the show. Thrilled to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited. Thank you. Yeah, me too. So, um, you know, I was looking over the the interview here before the show and um, being a teacher and a nurse, that doesn't leave a lot of time for real estate. That's for sure. That's something that we've really had to figure out and balance. Um, Steve's lucky that he's off in the summertime, if you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah being off in the summertime allows us to, we try to acquire properties kind of towards the end of the school year close mm -hmm. on the property. And that gives me some time over the summer to work on the property because we're doing a lot of our own work on the properties ourselves. Um, we've been getting better about summing out some of the jobs, but it allows me time to get in there and get some work done. And uh, so it, that's, that's a nice balance. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, um, I always say that people ha that have like kind of an alternate schedule leaves them that space mm -hmm. to um, attack real estate with that extra time, you know, whether they're on a four on four off or whatever it may be. Um, you know, the nine to five can be a little bit challenging, but when you have like a weird kind of alternating schedule like that, it does give you the, the runway. So, you know, you could have done anything with your time off, you know, teachers, maybe they just take the time off. So why, why real estate? Why not, why not just relax? Well, um, so I guess to get into the story a little bit back in 2013, a guy that I used to work with, uh, he was a teacher, a colleague of mine, he was on the Dave Ramsey plan and I was after school. I'll never forget it. I was calling to consolidate a loan and um i was calling the credit union he said hey what are you doing and i was telling him and he said hey he goes check out this guy dave ramsey he said you know he's he's pretty good financial wise and he said you know you might want to check it out so i got to know him pretty well and then he actually owned a couple of rental properties himself so kind of got me interested in real estate and then fast forward about a year later um i was i actually played in a band for a short time or for, i guess for a while and one of the guys was going through a divorce and he said that his uncle shared with him the rich dad poor dad series so yeah. he was telling me about that a little bit and he mentioned um that you know bigger pockets was a great place to start listening to podcasts and you know tiff and i we got hooked we were listening to podcasts on the on road trips in the car anytime we'd go anywhere it seemed like we were listening to podcasts and um you know, I, I enjoyed working with my hands. I enjoyed doing some, you know, projects around the house. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I enjoy doing this. So I might as well like make monetize it, you know, get, make some money mm -hmm. doing it. That's kind of how, how it all started. And I'll just say like in the summer times, he would work for somebody else for a construction company, um, building those Versalock walls and things like that over the summertime, um, which was, it was, you know, it was good. He really enjoyed being outdoors and things like that. Um, and then, once we started with the real estate a few years ago, we did have a couple summers um, where not much was happening and we kind of, we took some time off and we did, we'd like stay by the pool and just talk about real estate. And I remember like being there and saying, you know, we just keep talking about it. When are we going to actually start doing something about it? You know, mm -hmm. um, we've listened to all the podcasts and, and, um, and then it's kind of like, be careful what you wish for, because <laughs> this summer was particularly just really busy and stressful and we didn't go to the pool at all. And <laughs> we're like, oh my gosh, it's either one or the other. So it's, it's good to be busy in real estate. Um, I think we're going to try to figure out like a balance, you know, mm -hmm. between 
like lounging all summer in the pool and, you know, working on properties and talking about real estate all the time. But I think it's so exciting. It's so exciting right now. Like each property, you know, you get that like high when you, when you're buying it and thinking of all the things to do to it. And then, um, like we're at the tail end of a flip right now and the struggle is real to try to push through to get those last minute things done. Um, but it's exciting and it's, it's sort of addicting. So I don't know, maybe one day I'm sure we'll have, we'll figure out a better balance and get back to the pool. But, but this summer was busy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe you have to maybe you have to cut a few summers of pool to spend a, a whole year at the pool. So that's yeah, usually exactly. short term, you know, any sort of short term sacrifices and then in long term gains. So I'm I'm proud of you guys for for you know putting putting your head down and, and getting it done. So how many properties uh, have you been able to uh, turn around with the Burr method so far? Four. <laughs> so we've had um we have four rentals right now. Um, we did do one flip a few years ago and we're in the middle of a flip right now, but we've done four properties using the Burr method. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's going well, but how many of those we had two of them just this past year. So this year has just been really busy for us. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that Burr method is that's, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, recycling the money, especially for people who are in a W2, you know, the, the Burr method allows them to recycle that capital and. Um, you know, really continue to grow that portfolio because a lot of times people are trying to necessarily escape their job. But, you know, it's, it is nice that the bank says, hey, you have a job. Let's give you that mortgage. So what do you see as, um, you know, your guys's unfair advantage as far as Robert Kiyosaki goes? You know, what comes easy to you guys that other people might find difficult? That's a good question. Well, I think doing, some, you know, a lot of the work, um, I was fortunate um, when we did our flip working for that construction company, a couple of the guys came over and helped me. We had to do a big demo project and, mm -hmm. you know, I just was able to hire, you know, hire those guys to come over and help out. So that was an advantage. And I think just, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. And I've often heard that on podcasts, it's like, okay, if you know how to change the toilet or change the water heater, it's like, you can do it. So you don't <laughs> want to pay somebody to do it. So it's a blessing and a curse. But I think just getting started here, or not just getting started, but in the beginning, it was very helpful. And, uh, I'm kind of seeing the light of subbing out the jobs because, you know, I'll come home from work after teaching and I just pop into the property, talk to the guy that's working there. And it's like, Hey, all this work got done in eight hours while I was doing my you know other job. Mm -hmm. And this is all getting done on its own. So I, I think that that was nice. That kind of came easy to us. And um, yeah, I think that was. I'll, uh, and I'll just say, I think um, you're really good at being like, Steve's very good at being organized and on top of things. And he's very, he's easy to talk to people and he has a big network of friends. And so like those two flips that we did, it, it was from word of mouth because he, you know, he's just knows a lot of people in the community and um, they referred us, you know, referred those houses to us. So I think that that is like a, a real strength that you have. Um, I get excited about the, like, not the construction part, but like the design part of it. Um, mm -hmm. I like talking to tenants. I like more of the... Um, the people part of the business. And so I right. think that our secret sauce is being able to work well together, that we have different interests that kind of cover all of real estate, if that makes sense. 
Um, yeah, both so, sides of it. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. And I'll add one more thing too. Like I, at, at school, I was a math teacher and I teach STEM and engineering. So I'm a numbers guy. I'm pretty you know, black and white, like, you know, analytical and she's more the visionary. So, you know, I, I'll go into a space and I'll just do whatever she tells me to do <laughs> as far as like rehabbing it. But as far as design, you know, I, I, I'm struggling in that department, but she'll pick out the paint colors, the towel colors, you know, and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, here it is. Go install it. And that's kind of what we do. So, yeah. 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 Well, the, the, you know, it's, it's nice to have a shared passion that uh, both people are, are interested in because you are spending the time doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, if one person was in and one person was out, it could, you know, potentially put a wedge between uh, some couples where they're like, Oh, you're spending all the time at the house, you know, doing renovations or whatever. Yeah. So that's good that you guys are on the same page and that's really what makes a, a power couple. So what is the day to day, um, real estate look like for you guys now that I guess summer is over and you're into like the managing and maintenance of these things. Yeah, we actually, um, you know, right now managing this flip, I mean, I'm pretty much making daily stops, checking on the contractor, making sure all the work's getting done. Um, you know, dealing, we have a very, very good contractor. Mike's doing a great job for us. Um, but you know, it's the management. It's like, you know, making sure he's getting what the materials on site, <clears throat> making sure that he's getting sticking to the schedule, making sure he's sticking to the budget. And and that can be cumbersome. And, you know, we're making, you know, we're, we're dropping the kids off at soccer practice and going to Home Depot to pick up materials and running them to the house, you know, so we're, we're doing that. And then, you know, on top of that, the four other properties that we're managing, making sure the tenants are, you know, have what they need, making sure that we're, you know, keeping track of the books we, we are, we're using um quickbooks right now trying to manage all the finances because you know end of year is coming so all the tax stuff is going to be happening we got to make sure that all of our expenses are, are spelled out so it, it's a lot it, you know it, it is we try to check in with each other like at lunchtime and just see you know i'll fill him in if an issue came up it seems like every day there's just something that we have to make a decision on or address or mm -hmm. just talk through. And then in the evening time, you know, when he comes back from, from school, it's, we just got to, you know, kind of powwow. Um, and, you know, we, it's like, we need to have, we're getting better at, at discussing things um, like a business, right? Mm -hmm. Like having a list of to-do items and how are we going to get through this and, and, and take it away. And then once that, like the decisions are made, then we can go back to being a couple and mom and dad and, and that sort of thing. But yeah, the day to day is 1145 at night, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's tough. It's, it's good. It's really fun. It's kind of fun to have something like such a big project in common with him, you know, um, like I don't watch sports that much. I don't know. You know, he's yelling at the TV and like, I don't get it. Um, or I'll be watching like a murder show on TV and he's like not interested, <laughs> yeah, but this, yeah, yeah. He's like, I can't believe you watch the, you know, the wife is always killing the husband. I'm like, I don't know. It's fun to me to watch those, but that kind of stuff we don't connect on, but the real estate we're able to, and it's kind of fun and it's neat for me to see something come to life, right? Like my job, um, I was in the hospital for 17 years and now I work from home. I'm a legal nurse consultant. So I work on medical records and it's nothing that you is tangible that you can see at the end of the day of, you know, I'm working on the computer all day. I don't get to see anything, but as these projects go through, it's so neat to see, um, you know, the tile go into a shower that you picked out at Home Depot and now it's, you know, installed. So it's, mm -hmm. it's really fun to work on that together, you know, most of the time, most of the time. 
<laughs> yeah. So let's touch on that. You yeah. know, it, you've told us a lot about what you love about it. What maybe isn't so much fun. I, I will say like right now I'm getting uh so we bill our tenants for sewage for water. Or we build them for sewage and water and garbage mm -hmm. because those are leanable. So we try to keep, we try to pay those up front and then build a tenant, but uploading bills, uploading invoices, you know, going through those things that, that is tedious to me. I mean, I don't mind doing it, but it's like, you know, it, it's time consuming. So that, that's mm -hmm. one thing I don't like about it. Um, but so, you know, you know, you hear about those dreadful calls and, you know, it's like, oh, this needs addressed, but I don't mind fixing these things. So for me, I, I say this out loud, I should knock on wood because <laughs> watch me get a call, something goes out. But, you know, it, so far it's been pretty good. It's just the tedious, the bill, you know, the billing stuff has been a little tedious for me. Yeah, for me, it's um, I always think, OK, we're we're getting in. We've done this a few times. I've got the process down. It's not going to take so much time. Mm -hmm. And it always seems to take more time than I think it's going to. So yeah. like, you know, this flip, re I really wanted it was supposed to be done, you know, a month ago. Well, the countertops can't come in and the door guy wasn't available. And so we have to wait on other people. And sometimes I'm just like tired of making decisions. You know, I had to pick yeah. out doorknobs from Home Depot or, you know, from anywhere. And I'm like, I, you know, I, I don't know. And I, I asked Steve like, oh, what, what doorknobs do you think we should get? And he's like, I don't, I don't know, whatever you want. So <laughs> sometimes that mm -hmm. like decision fatigue of like, I, I don't know, you know, um, gets hard. Um, and, and like I said, that end of the project stuff is, it just gets tedious and I'm just ready to kind of move on to the next one. So mm -hmm. that that's tough. The tenants have, we've had real like good tenants. Um, I don't mind that so much. Um, you know, and we've, when we do the bar strategy, right, we're, we're taking properties that are in, um, pretty bad shape and fixing yeah. them up to get appraised higher. And so, um, since all our properties are new and they're freshly renovated, we're hoping, you know, we're going in trying to fix everything that could be wrong and making sure that they're nice and livable. And we take a lot of pride in that. And hopefully, you know, that that'll kind of ward off some of the trouble, um, you know, the wishful thinking maybe, but that's, that's like the, the mentality that we have going in there. Let's make it nice. Let's fix everything that needs fixed so that it'll be good for the tenant and it'll be ultimately good for us to kind of avoid some of those problems. And um, yeah, it's worked out because they've yeah. appraised and uh, you know, that's always a nice, yeah. nice thing to happen to. And you know, we're trying to make them tenant proof, but we're trying to make them nice. You know, we're trying to install durable flooring. We're trying to repaint, mm -hmm. do things like that. But you know, as she said, we're, we're pulling equity out of these properties. So it's not costing us anything out of pocket. Mm -hmm. We're able to add value to the property. And then, you know, you turn around, it gets appraised and then you even have more equity in it when it's all said and done. So it's, it's been working out just kind of going in with that mindset of we want to make these properties nice. We want to attract higher class tenants. We want to, you know, make the, and a lot of the, the places we're investing are in our own neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So we kind of look at it as a community, um, you know, trying to uplift the community, trying to make nice properties, nice places for people to live. That's going to boost our local, um, you know, community. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, certainly if you make them nicer, um, there's like a congruency where the, that type of tenant is like, it feels uncomfortable. They're like this is too nice for me. I don't deserve it. And they, and they yeah. kind of, you know, they, it, it does, it does have an effect. So, um, you know, one thing, if you care, there is a certain amount that dis decision fatigue you're talking about actually yeah. is a real thing. And there's mm -hmm. a certain, there's a measured number. I think it's about 12 or 15. That's why you see Steve jobs and those guys wear the same thing every day. 
so that they can oh. save the number of decisions for when it matters, like what door yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. When I, when I used to coach people through real estate, I would say, look, maybe it's not so important that you decide what you eat for breakfast every day. More importantly, what we do with the house. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're feeling that way, try to shave a few decisions off your day and you'll, you'll be surprised at what kind of outcome you can have. The other thing too, is yeah. I've got another investor friend who, uh, he made a, made a really good point. He said, I don't allow other people to force me into decisions. When you, mm. when you reach that, it's perfectly fine to say, I'm done making decisions today. Talk to me tomorrow. Don't force, don't let the world force you to make a decision today that you're not ready to do. Yeah. And he's been really successful in just mitigating that decision fatigue by just saying, I'm out of decisions. Talk to me tomorrow. Yeah. 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 So, I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So with, with capital, um, you guys have been burying and at a certain point you start to get the taste for like scale and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm getting the feeling that you guys want to ramp it up a little bit. What's your plan for raising capital and going forward here? Yeah, we're kind of, um, at a, you know, at a point now where we, the very first property we bought, we bought it in our own name. Um, mm -hmm. We were still very new to the game and we bought it in our own name. We since uh, formed an LLC and we have the other three properties in the LLC and we're operating the flip out of the LLC. And I'm kind of, you know, in the back of my mind, I hear this, you know, talk of once you reach a certain number of properties, it's hard to get lending because, you know, you kind of tap out your you know number of uh, loans that you could take out in the LLC. So we, you know, are, are certainly considering, um, you know, possibly a joint venture or teaming up with somebody, maybe getting some capital, whether it be private, whether it be through like a, you know, a public, um, mm -hmm. you know, lender or some, you know, not a public lender, but you know, somebody that's, that has a lending business, you know, um, and go that route. What happened was like, we, we've been borrowing and then we got this flip underway and, you know, hopefully we sell the flip and we have some capital there. But what happened was, you know, all, all our money is tied up into this flip right now. And then, yeah, and this awesome property like capital intensive flips. Are capital yeah. Intensive. It, yeah, it is. And then this, pro this other property came up that was like, perfect. It was so nice. And, you know, like met all our criteria it's in this neighborhood and I would have like loved to have bought it. Um, but we were tied up, like we couldn't do anything. And it, then that really kind of put us both like, Oh man, we need to figure out how to get, more capital so if this happens again that we can mm -hmm. jump on it quicker um now a friend of ours like she actually bought it and she's gonna she's gonna do something with it so i'm happy for her but i <laughs> thought man it was really it was like the first time where we really i felt like we really missed out because we didn't have that part of the puzzle together yet yeah mm -hmm. and i think too that you know with the capital game it's uh it, it's nice to have that capital it's nice to have it available. It's nice to have it liquid because, you know, if we're going to manage two or three properties, I'm only one person. If I'm going to do some work in, let's say, June on a property and another one comes up, I can only go to one property at one mm -hmm. time. So that way we can sort of get a second crew or a second rehab going or, or whatever the case may be. And I'll, and getting that capital in place is going to definitely, definitely help that. And now I'm kind of stuck. And I'll be honest with you, you know, I, I mentioned Dave Ramsey earlier. and He always says the only ship that doesn't sail is a partnership. And that mm -hmm. always stuck with me. And I get nervous about, you know, because we're, you know, we've been doing this ourselves. We take a lot of pride in the things that we've done together, you know, as a partnership together. But as far as going out of our little circle here, we have to learn to trust other people. We need to learn to, you know, trust the process because I know people are scaling like crazy. They're, they're, you know, in these capital, you know, groups and they're just, they're killing it. And we're mm -hmm. kind of, you know, one at a time, one per year, maybe two per year. And I know people are going, you know, two per month. So that that's yeah. kind of where we need to go. 
Yeah, I know a guy in Ohio who does 31 a month. So 31. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, wow. it's 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 a matter of of um not over leveraging, not over scaling, you know, like it's it's you don't start running before you start walking. So don't don't yeah. don't don't try to measure yourself against other people. Just run your race and be comfortable with your existence because the last thing you want to do is blow it all up by going right. too fast and falling on your face. So um as far as as far as uh, the partnerships concerned, if you know one thing that has really served a lot of my investor friends is when looking for investor partners, um, try to find a value add. You know, if you're gonna mm. if you're gonna take money uh, into your business, um, maybe it's good that it's coming from an accountant. You know, if you're gonna take money into your business, maybe it's good that it's coming from uh, you know, a lawyer or, or, uh, you know, something that's real estate adjacent. So that's not just a money partnership, but it's mm -hmm. also a value partnership, you know, mm -hmm. then you can get a little bit, um, you know, of a relationship beyond just capital across the table. So that's one thing that that's really served a lot of my investor friends. Well, is just making sure that there's, you know, a little bit more because money is everywhere. Deals yeah. are the, the hard part, people to do the deals, there's money all over the place, but that value add is really going to give you guys the difference in the, the edge and, you know, scaling this thing up and, you know, just don't overscale. There's a reason that there's a load bearing limit on how far you can span a house over the foundation. Yeah. Cause if you go too far, the whole thing's going to fall apart, rip off the side of the house. So um, as far as leveraging your, your existing network, um, have you started exploring, you know, family and friends, you know, the cliche, like, uh, you know, going to the, Sunday dinner and bringing up real estate and seeing who in the, in the family wants to play. Yeah, we actually uh, the first flip that we did. So we bought the the very first single family in our own name, and then we found a flip. And my uncle, um, who's since passed, but he had some extra cash, and we brought mm -hmm. up the the real estate game to him. And you know, it was it was very nerve wracking mm -hmm. going to him and saying, "Hey, I need to borrow you know one hundred twenty thousand dollars. What do you say?" And uh, it was a very uncomfortable conversation. But he said, "Yeah, sure." And mm -hmm. we actually, we flipped the property, we sold it, we did very well on it. We were able to pay him back in full. And I was going to kind of add to what you were just saying about money being everywhere. Um, just, you know, owning the LLC and having these properties and we're, and we're doing like, you know, one property per mortgage so that, you know, I always say if something goes sideways, that's the only leanable thing is that property. So if something mm -hmm. goes sideways with the property, the property goes away and, you know, that's kind of all, I don't want to say all you lose. I mean, it's going to be a big hit, but you know, I have control over that. We have control over that. Going to somebody else and saying, hey, give me your money. You know, with, with a family member, it's a little bit different because you have that connection there. I know that it could be an uncomfortable Thanksgiving mm -hmm. dinner, but, it, you know, if something goes sideways, but going to a complete stranger or somebody in your network and borrowing money, that that's a whole nother level, in my opinion, of pressure on me. Like, I got to make sure this deal works. I got to run the numbers. I got to make sure that everything goes right. Because if it doesn't, like, we're on the hook for this money. Interest rates are usually higher with private money. And it's like that. And I have to get over that. And I, I you know, we've talked about this so many times before. The very first property we bought, I was shaking like a leaf on a tree <laughs> when I made the offer. Mm -hmm. I was so nervous. I'm like, wow. man, what, what's going to happen? Walked over, made the offer. The guy said, okay. It's like, <laughs> all right, here we go. It's but like, here so we I go, think, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, you know, I think we talk about that. You just got to, you know, that uncomfortable feeling for the first time is uncomfortable. But then after that, it's like, okay, like we made a, we made a deal on that. The, the second most recent property we bought, it was like, we were, we were standing in the kitchen, like, Hey, this came on the market for this much. Do you want to offer? Yeah. Let's offer this much. Okay. I texted the agent. It was like, boom, the deal was done. And it was mm -hmm. so just cavalier, but you know, we're so comfortable doing it now that we got to get more comfortable with the private lending end. 
Yeah. And I'll just chime in like one thing I'm thinking about, like trying to kind of get mentally get to that, like borrowing somebody else's money um, is that if I had a, if I was sitting on a big stack of money. Right. And I wanted to make money on it. I, I think I would want to invest in in real estate or people that were doing it or people like like us. You know what I mean? Like and, and I've been really surprised at how many people have gone out of their way to help us, you know, not just, you know, we had the help from his uncle, but that have been very supportive and told us like who they use for cabinets. Right. And now that's mm -hmm. like our cabinet guy or who they go to for windows. Like they've been very generous with knowledge. And, and so I guess it makes sense that they would be generous with other things too. Um, but I, you know, also we would be making them money, you know, mm -hmm. um, but that's another thing that we try really hard to do too, is um, we're in a real estate group um, that group. meets once a month and we have newer people in there too. And it's kind of fun because we have people that haven't bought a single property yet and they're asking us for advice. And that is like the most fun, right? Like trying mm -hmm. to tell them, um, how we did it and how, you know, things to avoid or call this guy. And I think that there's that sense in the real estate community, um, because everybody's really had to like hustle and sacrifice and work really hard to be a real estate in investor. And mm -hmm. it just seems like there's a lot of people, I think in this community that really want to help other people out. And it's, it's so wonderful to see. Um, I know Pittsburgh people in general are like really friendly. You're from Canada, right? Like you guys are friendly too. Um, but it just seems like we're interacting with people that are really trying to lift us up. So anyway, I'm just trying to think like, it's not Scrooge McDuck sitting there like, no, I'll never give you my money. It's people that want to build relationships and like want to, other people to succeed also. And, um, you know, hopefully we're, we'll be in a position one day that we'll be able to kind of pay that forward at some point. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's yeah, new. Well, it's, just, it's uncomfortable. You know, remember that uh, people are lending you their kids all day. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, That's that, true. Oh, you're there's good. A lot That's of, right. There's a lot of leverage yeah. in, in just the things that we've already done. And, and sometimes we underestimate it. And one thing that my mentor said, uh, you know, a, a year before he passed away, he said, came back from Costa Rica and he says, fear doesn't exist, Bryce. And I said, well, of course it does. And he says, well, yeah, you're not afraid of the dark, are you? And I said, well, no. He says, well, you're afraid of what you can't see in the dark. But once you know where the light switch is, you can just walk into any room that you've been in before and flip that switch. So giving uh -huh. someone, getting some direction on where that light switch is can really collapse that time frame and and get yeah. you to that result. And it's usually just fear is not real and that, and that it's really just a composition of the unknown. So why would anyone invest with you? Well, they're not making offers. They're not fixing houses. They don't want to do that. They're not crazy yeah. like us. They want to, they want to <laughs> like, they want to hang out by the pool. So that's why people invest with people like us, because we're not afraid to do the work, find the deals, manage the deals, have the LLC be financially responsible enough to maintain the debt. You know, one of my partners yeah. yesterday said, we're in the business of servicing debt. If you're in real estate, you're <laughs> actually in the business of servicing mortgage debt. Cause how much mortgage debt do you guys have right now? A lot. A lot. Oh yeah. 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 And yeah. like, if you don't service that debt, those people don't have anywhere to live. Yeah. Right. That's so true, it's, yeah. it's not like flipping, you know, there's a certain, there's a certain type of character that carries the weight of four other people's lives. 
yeah every month and then they pay the rent but what happens if they don't they the house goes away no it comes to you guys and you guys got to service that debt because you made the promise to service the debt yes so don't don't sell yourself short when it comes to raising capital a lot of people like you said have never bought a property never even thought about it only ever own their own house so you're further ahead than you think and it's just a matter of you know that fear is really just the unknown once you get around the idea just like the first house you bought now you're cavalier in the sense that it doesn't phase you to buy another one and you'll get there. It's just a matter of scale. It's just, I think it's about time that you guys jumped into that particular pool. So, you know, if people want to invest with you or they want to contact you and connect with you guys, how do they do that? You know, where should they go? So we we're in the process of building. We um getting more on social media. We don't have a like any social media right now. Yeah, Facebook um, or if, phone numbers or websites. Yeah, Some people just so, give their phone number, like call me. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Um, our email address is four one two oakhill dot at gmail dot com. Um, and you can call four one two seven eight zero four four two zero, and that's um. Yeah, you can get a hold of us that way. And we would we would love to talk to somebody. That would be wonderful. Yeah. 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 I mean, why not? I mean, there's there's money all over the place and you guys are finding deals. So yeah. If you're listening at home, you know, give them a shout. See if they got if you're in the Pittsburgh area, maybe you can go and check out one of their properties and see what they're all about. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be That'd happy be to share them. Awesome, guys. Well, until next time, guys, we'll catch you on the next episode. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you.